Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home of NARC Troopers. If you are recovering from a relationship with a person with NPD or some other cluster B disorder, and if you are a person who knows someone who is um, recovering from such a thing that is a challenging thing, as we all know, then have them check out narctroopers.com where you'll find podcasts, you'll find articles, a video vlog, books, therapy sessions, everything you need right there in one spot to help you to uh, or to help your friend to get past this thing that so many people do not understand. They don't. They don't understand narcissistic abuse or what happens in the aftermath of the abuse. Today we're going to talk about something sort of interesting. The title of today's podcast is Psychic Orgasms with the Demonic Divine. The con artist narcissist and your addiction to their juju, hoodoo, voodoo, whatever you want to call it. So you are euphoric. Suddenly, life is amplified and bursting with color. The air smells sweeter. The sky is bluer. Birds follow you and sing enchanting melodies. You are lighter, brighter, floating above the grime and grit of everyday mortals. You have transcended it all, and you feel invincible, blissfully at peace, complete and confirmed. It is a dazzling, sparkling, yummy land of bliss and horror all wrapped together in a swirling bit of paint and glitter. It becomes impossible to leave until one day, out of the blue, they discard you without hesitation, without remorse, or without any decency or heart or mercy. The response to being cast out of paradise is utter madness. You don't understand what is happening to you as you collapse into a soggy heap of quivering goo. And you know what makes it worse is that nobody else understands what's happening to you either. How could they? The covert narcissist wears such a perfect mask of charisma, civility, and charm that no one believes you when you try to tell them what just happened. No one believes you when you try to describe the complete emotional, spiritual, energetic, physical, neurochemical reaction to the addiction and intermittent reinforcement that creates this trauma bonding. You sound absolutely crazy while your narcissist partner moonwalks out the door, smirking, jubilant, without conscience, and without soul. Gifted writer Myla Morningstar, Ken, Ken, Kenny Kenny, I believe is the last part of her name, 
She recently wrote the following response on Quora, a popular online platform where you can learn a lot about narcissism and it provides a plethora of perspectives on NPD. And she says this, the question was, what event occurred that broke the spell the narcissist in your life had over you? That was the question. So she says, who said the spell was broken? In many ways, it's not and never will be. My ex is a covert narcissist. And for the most part, he put on his mask and didn't take it off again for 20 years. There were some jarring and inexplicable exceptions to that, interrupted at times by some jarring and inexplicable behavior. That's when my unchallenged title as Queen of Denial came in handy. I will always want to swim in the perfectly warm azure blue oceans of fantasy that he created for me. The place we inhabited together wasn't a real place. It was a way of thinking about each other, about other people, about the world. He created a fantasy of such solace and safety that I was utterly fooled. I knew that he would always be there for me, no matter what, to catch me if I fell. I just knew it. But I was wrong. He deliberately led me down the primrose path. But damn, it was so beautiful there that I didn't even notice that it was leading me into a deep, dark, primeval forest with nasty beasts ready to devour me. I spent three years trying to get back to that perfect world he made for me, where, metaphorically, the temperature was always a perfect 78 degrees, the sun was always shining, and love was everything, and always enough. I still miss that place. I still miss my illusions. I still miss who we were together. I still miss him. I miss the person I thought I knew, anyway. What event broke the spell, you ask? I'll let you know when it happens. So, her her response there, that was the end of her response, and it, it really resonated with me, because I, especially the part where she talked about how together, there was a world created that it was sort of like a private club, a membership only kind of thing where only you and your partner existed in this place. And we had a very special and unique way of seeing ourselves as individuals, as a couple, and, and of seeing the world around us, our friends, our family, our coworkers, um, our pets, you know, of seeing everything, you know, um, it was, it was a hive mind, a one mind, a merging, so that um, I thought what he thought, he thought what I thought, we flowed together. And I thought that that symbiosis was the most remarkable and amazing gift that I had ever received, because I'd never experienced anything like that with anyone else.
Um, but you know, it was, it was some kind of supernatural fantasy delusion, some psychotic, um, make-believe rabbit hole kind of thing. And it certainly wasn't what I thought it was. And, you know, I think the thing with narcissists is they actually buy into their own fantasies. They believe them too. <laughs> they believe their own confabulations and fabrications and lies and make-believe stuff that they make up. They believe it. It's not like they're lying or faking it. They believe it while they're living it until they don't one day. So something wicked this way comes. You've heard that before. Something wicked this way comes. The first time that you touched that narcissist, supernatural things happened. You felt the vibration that immediately drew you into this fantastical world of Oz. It was some kind of weird magic, some kind of voodoo hoodoo, some kind of epic, intense, surreal transportation out of reality and into another parallel universe into some other alternate dimension. That's what it's like. If, if you know, traditional psychology and psychiatry is limited. I'm going to tell you that, guys. It's limited in the way that it perceives and approaches the whole concept of narcissistic personality disorder and other cluster B disorders like antisocial personality disorder and um, psychopathy, the way that psychology approaches that is very textbook, very traditional, but I, I'm, it's missing something that is very real, very important to your recovery, very important to your healing. There is a psychic component, an energetic, vibrational, psychic connection that creates this illusion of bliss of an eternal orgasmic um, euphoria, mm -hmm. <laughs> like that, an eternal orgasmic euphoria. Mm. Yeah, I just made that up, and I think that's a pretty good description of it. Um, yeah, that's what it that's what it was. And if you're still in it, that's what it is. But you need to get out because it's not real. You, you know, why would you want to get out? Why would he want, or she, your narcissist, whoever the, whoever the narcissist is, why would they want to face reality and live in the real world when they can create such a fantasy version that is so intense and such um, a powerful vibrational energetic exchange between them and the other person that creates not only the whole intermittent reinforcement trauma bonding psychological stuff but it also creates energetic ties soul bonds um a knitting together of your uh, psychic self of your vibrational self with that narcissist you know sometimes they say you know uh, people have reported that their narcissist they 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 wake up and see that narcissist standing over them staring at them and other creepy sort of weird things that signal, uh, you know, warning, warning, there's something wrong here. 
but you know, a lot of times we don't get that because we're we're too wiped out and blown away by this mind-blowing bliss, this eternal euphoric orgasmic extravaganza, uh, which doesn't necessarily have to be just about sex. I mean, that's always the nice cherry on top, but we're talking about uh, a psychic level, energetic, vibrational connection. Do not downplay that. You should look into it, research it, read it a little bit about it a little bit more because it's real. And it, I mean, it's really, really real, whether you want to name it and address it or not, it is real. Um, and so what is this powerful magnetic pull that feels like some primal archaic gravitational force that is undeniable and irresistible towards this mentally ill person? What is it that they're doing? You know, I just want to interject something here. Have you ever wondered how Charles Manson got all those people, all those women, and even like Tex Watson and even, you know, a few guys, but mostly women, how did he get them to do his terrible deeds? How did he get them to commit such horrific murders? How did he get them under his control? You know, he wasn't a gorgeous man. He wasn't that great looking. What is it? Have you ever looked at his eyes? Have you ever um, seen pictures of how he looks like he's got entities in him or something, you know? Um, I think it's the same dynamic. I'm just going to put that out there. Pretty sure that he is uh, a psychopath slash narcissist slash antisocial person who may have all kinds of other mental illnesses, but he had that for sure. And he, with his cult-like personality, he was able to put all of these people under his spell to hijack their minds and compel them to do uh, just the most atrocious things ever. He did that with his, you know, whatever you want to call that, his supernatural juju that these cluster B personality people have. You know, some religious people say, well, there are demons in them. It's the Jezebel spirit. You know about the Jezebel spirit? Uh, that's, that's for real. Read about that in the Bible. Google that one. Jezebel spirit. It's a narcissist thing. Uh, Jezebel was a narcissist. They just didn't have that word for it in biblical times. But that's exactly uh, what she was and her husband, even worse. And the whole story and all of that. So... A lot of people say, you know, it's actually real demonic Luciferian entities that come into these people with the cluster B disorders. Other people are like, no, 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 no. Um, you know, we don't believe in all of that hocus pocus demons and angels and stuff. And they're just mentally ill people, just damaged and traumatized and, you know, all this. There's explanations for it. It doesn't have anything to do with demons. You're going to have to decide which way to go. I'm not going to tell you on that one because I don't know. But I do know that on a psychic, energetic, vibrational level, these folks are powerful. The way they can hook you 
and hypnotize you and captivate you and charm you and trick you and hijack your mind and do this cult-like sort of Stockholm Syndrome kind of brainwashing. Yeah, and I'm not even sure they know that they're doing it. You know, that could just be an ingrained, natural, inherent, predatory um, mechanism that that enables them to do that. Like, like a lot of predators hypnotize their prey in some way. They inject them with poison. They, they do something to them to captivate them in some way before they rip their throats out and have them for dinner, you know? Uh, they don't just come up and say, boo, I'm a predator. I'm going to chase you down and, and eat you. There's some finesse. There's some artistry. There's some uh, trickery going on there with most predators. And, you know, the way they evolve and can change colors and <laughs> run fast or whatever it is that their super strength is, is has has um, evolved as their super strength to enable them to survive. So maybe it's like that with the narcissist. I don't know, but it's something to, that that you cannot question: the psychic bonding, tethering, tying, um, enmeshment that the narcissist does with their person. Don't know what it is, but I know it's real. Um, it is, um, you know, I think it's chillingly familiar, yet unlike anything you've ever experienced. It's sort of like the first time you might inject heroin into your veins. It only takes one time, and then there's no turning back, right? And they kind of have that effect on you. So what is this psychic orgasmic bond that tethers two people's souls together um, to a person who has some mental disorder, who ha has a malignant and pathological personality disorder and is mentally unwell. What, what it renders them an empty, hollow absence of being. Um, that's what the narcissist is, an empty, hollow absence of being, yet it harbors the ability to transmute your reality. Even though they're empty, they have the power <clears throat> to dissolve you like acid, like uh, one of those bugs that spits on their prey, and then it just sort of dissolves into goo or something, and then they suck it up with their snout, or I don't know how that works. It's crazy stuff. Nature. Wow. You know, anyway. So here's my claim. A true narcissist, especially the covert narcissist, and many people, including Dr. Sam Vaknin, I'm going to quote him again. Oh my gosh, how I love that man. He knows everything. <laughs> I think he knows everything. Uh, you don't have to love him or even like him, but you have to give him props for knowing what he's talking about because he knows narcissism. And he says the only real narcissist is the covert narcissist because overt na narcissists are actually really psychopaths. They're all cluster B. They're all very similar. But he says we have them mislabeled a little bit. The only real narcissist is your covert narcissist. And my contention is that the covert narcissist is a demonic, divine 
artist and demonic and divine um let's talk about those words the the term is coined from a himalayan art piece that depicts the horrific juxtaposed with the divine side by side that's what juxtaposed means they're put side by side in order to show to illustrate their similarities or in most cases differences and they both dwell simultaneously within every individual you may be horrified by the images you see from this himalayan art um monstrous figures garlanded with freshly severed heads gorged on human hearts flayed human skins pocked with blood and fat or worn as garments hideous mounted crones plunged through seas of blood wrathful deities are ubiquitous in himalayan art but what are we to make of these fearsome beings that are depicted in this art this himalayan art that's that's two opposites that are both true it's paradoxical um like a dichotomy or something divine uh and demonic divine is godly demonic well you know is demon-like and so how how can you be both of those things at the same time although the featured deities are demonic in appearance almost because they're gods right they're they're deities who have demonic appearances almost all are considered protectors of some kind they range from guardians of the individual person to protectors of a place or a community uh, a location a temple or something they are capable of bestowing wealth and health or reflecting the nature of the enlightened mind ultimately wrathful scary deities symbolize one's own inner powers to overcome obstacles we must be fierce haven't you ever heard of righteous indignation righteous anger talks about that in the bible those things don't seem to go together you're not supposed to be wrathful but how can that be righteous when is wrathfulness uh, a righteous thing and this is sort of the same thing there exists a paradox of compassionate ends through fierce means a paradox of compassionate ends the result uh the outcome through fierce means sometimes I don't know tough love <laughs> times a thousand um fierce means sometimes we have to be fierce to get to be compassionate sometimes merciful to be uh you know sometimes mercy only comes after something uh awful that you do a person okay let me get back on track the person with npd and even a psychopath or antisocial are to some degree both demonic and divine they possess both of those qualities um and the moniker okay let's talk about artists because my my i'm calling them demonic divine artists and i want us to understand where i got that I wanted to use the example of Himalayan art to illustrate my point that you can be this dichotomous uh, juxtaposed opposites of demon and 
divine at the same time in one body, but they're also artists in the fact that they are creators. Um, and their art is their ability to shape shift, to create an imaginary version of themselves that's not real and that everybody else believes without question to paint the world that they live in and make it so real that it's impossible to tell that it's only paint and canvas and nothing more. It's so convincing. Nobody could see through that. It's that good. It's that real. They have created something so false, yet so real, that you there's no way to know. There's no way to know. They are creators, confabulators, fabricators, and art comes in many forms. You know, my husband with NPD was a teacher for over a decade before becoming a full-time artist that he is now. He has such a convoluted view of the world around him that it enables him to see what others fail to see. It is a gift. And he's actually very, very good at it. It gives his art an edge. It gives it another dimension. It gives it multiple layers of complexity that he has this, this, um, this abnormal, I, I don't want to use that word. That's not the word I'm looking for. That he has this atypical, let's go with that, atypical ability to see things in a way that most people don't see them uh, because it's real to him and he can't see reality. He doesn't know what that is. You know, if he can learn um, to know when to stop before self-sabotaging his fantastical visions, I think he could be a master of his craft. You know, one of the most endearing things I remember about knowing him in the beginning, I think we walked into um, I don't know, it was like Hobby Lobby or Michael's or one of those craft stores. And I had been in there a thousand times. And he said, and you know, those stores are really bright. Let me just tell you, if you think about it, they're really well lit uh, stores, very bright. And he said, hey, hold on a second. And I said, what? He said, I want you to stop. And I want you to look up. And I remember thinking, what a weird person. Why? When is he telling me? What does he mean, look up? What does he mean, look up? Look up at what? And I stood there and I looked up for the first time out of thousands of trips into that store. I looked up. The field of my vision went up to the ceiling and suddenly I saw rows upon rows upon rows of, um, of lights, those fluorescent long tubes of lights suspended from the ceiling in a store that was about as big as a football field, I swear, I don't know, it probably wasn't that big, but it looked that big. And I just thought, oh my gosh, in this instant, you have shifted my perception in this instant, you have opened up my world. <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, I've lived a limited life. And some of you are thinking, oh my gosh, you know, what is this woman? Like, she's like, 
if I were in that place, I would be like, yeah, there's lights on the ceiling, weirdo. But it wasn't like that. It was like his field of vision would zoom in on little caterpillars that I didn't see. I'd probably just step on them. And he would reach down and study them and touch them and handle them so gently and gingerly. Um, he would see, <laughs> he always saw if there was a hair that I had dropped into his food by accident, always, without fail, which made me wonder how many hairs I had eaten over the years. That's so gross because I have really long hair and I would tie it back and clip it back and still somehow, uh, you know, a couple of times a month, it seemed like there would be a hair somewhere and he would see it. He would see everything. There was nothing that he did not miss. He, he, he would tell me when I was sitting, you're leaning to the left. Probably has something to do with your car accident injuries and your spinal alignment or something, but you're leaning to the left. You need to sit up straight, you know, right yourself, bring yourself back to center and, and, and it'll be better for your body and for your alignment and just he there, nuanced things and weird things that other people wouldn't see. Nobody else ever noticed that I was sitting um, you know, leaning to the left, who's, who notices something like that? So narcissists, psychopaths, antisocials, they have this, this keen supervision that other people don't have that enables them to have a whole field of vision and a whole experience of the world around them that the rest of us neurotypicals who are just average people don't have. And looking up in that store, it was life-changing and I started looking up everywhere I went and looking down and looking all over the place uh, because it was a much bigger world than I had ever imagined. Your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So the creations of a twisted mind have historically become very successful in the world of, of art right? There is something almost supernatural about it. It seems like an amalgamation of all life's wonder and beauty mixed together with the most horrific and the dark. Here again, we have that paradox of good and evil, of light and dark, of small and large, of, um, of deity and demon, deity and demon. As a movie aficionado, I must reference two films that come to mind. The first is The Devil's Advocate with Al Pacino, who plays the role of the multilingual, savvy New York head of a law firm. And of course, that would be his profession because he is actually the devil incarnate. He stands in front of a wall of art in his high-rise office in New York City that is constantly moving in a surreal boss relief kind of way. It is the epitome of a beautiful, decadent deception. And it isn't, you know, isn't that what the narcissist is? A beautiful, decadent deception? 
exquisite creatures forever trapped and consigned to a prison of pain and emptiness and decadent eternal torment? I think so. The other film that triggers thoughts of the narcissist is the dream, What Dreams May Come, with Robin Williams as a deceased man who makes it to heaven but cannot rest in peace because his wife was cast into hell because of her suicide. A suicide that resulted from her inability to remain in a world without her one true love. Heaven is whatever you think it is, and for him, it is one of his wife's paintings. He, One of my favorite scenes is when he's running, almost flying through these fields right after his death when he figures out that he's in heaven. And it's just this unimaginable, unimaginable splendor only to be covered in paint, you know, as he's moving through this landscape. Um, brilliant things that he's surrounded by. This is the and this is the world of the narcissist. It's it's surreal. It's it's um, supernatural. It's it's a painting with the colors that are don't exist in the real world. They're brighter. They're more intense. They're more profound. They're more evocative. And he runs through these fields and you know this this you know in this movie he's covered with paint the narcissist does that and this is this is what they this is where they live it is the world that they must bring you into so they can share the fantasy and fill their emptiness so you come to live with them in that magical world where everything's brighter and more colorful and it's and you can fly Maybe you have wings and, oh my gosh, it's unlike anything. You hear drug addicts sit around and talk about their drug experiences and they sound just like me. They say the same things about their drug experience as I'm saying about my narcissist experience. There's a reason for that, folks. It's addictive. It's addictive. You can't leave because you're addicted to it. And um, just like you can't quit drugs because you're addicted, it's the same dynamic exactly. So the narcissist must be some kind of artist to create such a fantastical imaginary world and make it so inviting that you can't leave. Think about the Hotel California. <laughs> Remember, you know, mirrors on the ceiling, pink champagne on ice. And she said, we are all just prisoners here of our own device. And in the master's chambers, they gathered for the feast. They stab it with their steely knives, but they just can't kill the beast. Go back and listen to that song again. I'm pretty sure they're talking about the same thing I'm talking about. So there we are, trapped in Never Never Land with a divine, demonic Peter Pan who artfully builds a world of delusion and dissociation that is inescapable. The two of you become fused into one being that clones itself over and over inside your head. The narcissist slowly takes your identity 
He dissolves it, squeezes your tender heart, and plays you like a fine violin. When they have taken all they can, and your fuel has become stale, they're going to move on to a fresher supply and greener pastures. They remove their sweet and loving mask and disintegrate right there before your eyes. They murder the version of themselves that held you every night and acted with such loving devotion, and then they, they murder you, erase you, forget that you ever existed somewhere in their demented museum of artifacts. They keep mental snapshots of how they want to remember you. But in all other aspects, in all other ways, those people that lived together in the fantasy bubble, maybe you were married to them, had children with them, and spent 10, 20, 30 years with them. Covert narcissists are known for getting into long relationships. You know, they cheat. They lie. They do a lot of shenanigans on the side, but they'll stay if they're getting fed. If they're getting supply and fuel, they'll stay for the residual benefits, for the, for the supply and the fuel, for, for the character trait acquisition. They stay for that because they, they steal your personality and your character traits and wear it like it's their own. They have to take it from someone. They don't have any of their own. They have no identity, remember? They're empty. They're hollow. They have to take yours. So, um, you know, this, this, this time together in this mutual psychosis, those people are murdered by the narcissist in the end. Just flat out double homicide. And that's the end of the orgasmic energetic connection and the proof that they can be both divine and demonic. As with the Himalayan art, the monsters serve as catalysts to cause change. And that's a message for all of you. All right. Um, the monsters serve as a catalyst to cause change. These demonic deities symbolize one's own inner powers to overcome obstacles. Remember we said that before? There exists a paradox of compassionate ends through fierce means. Remember we said that a while ago? And isn't that the consequence of narcissistic abuse? We are forced to overcome obstacles and develop compassion for ourselves and others? I'll give you a clue. The answer is yes. Yes. That is the consequence of narcissistic abuse. It is a brutal lesson taught by a divine, demonic artist. That's it till next time, folks. Love to all. Bye-bye. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.